Well, good evening, everyone, once again. Um, what a joy to be able to worship the Lord together this evening. Thank you so much to the choir, to everyone um, leading us in singing this morning. We're going to continue in worship uh, by turning to uh, the book of Isaiah, if you have it, and if you have your Bibles or your phone, the Bible app, and you want to turn there, go ahead and do that. But the verses will all be on your screen this morning. I know I was going to do that. <laughs> Somebody of you can count. That's probably not the last time I'm going to do that either. I'm also, as I'm standing here, the, the what intrusive thoughts are in Pastor Mike's uh, head this evening. I'm going to, the wind from my voice is going to blow these candles out as well. So you can count how many are, are still lit by the time I'm finished talking this evening. Uh, for most of us, there are certain traditions around Christmas time that unless they happen, you might as well just cancel Christmas entirely. And I think you know what I'm talking about. There, uh, maybe there's certain foods that you have to eat at a specific time. Like maybe if we don't have cinnamon rolls on Christmas morning, it's not Christmas. Who's like that in your house? Some of you are like that. I heard one the other day at our Christmas party last week. Uh, somebody said that they have uh, stuffed cabbage around Christmas time. And if you don't have stuffed cabbage, it doesn't feel like Christmas. Does anyone else have, is that, uh, I'd never heard that before. So that's a pretty unique one. But whatever it is, your family certainly has these things that unless they happen, it just doesn't feel like Christmas. And uh, uh, grow, as you get older, uh, you, maybe you get married and you get married and there's a, a whole new set of traditions that come. Uh, and so maybe you, you lo there, for some of you, you've had to put some of your traditions aside to welcome new traditions into your household. But for me, there's one tradition that uh, just doesn't feel like Christmas until it happens. And that is actually the candle lighting that uh, we're about to take part in together in just a few minutes. It is my favorite thing that we do this year. And uh, Pastor David can tell you, I've been like, very specific. I'm not always very specific. I'm like, this has to happen exactly like this, and we can't rush it, and we need to do, and so like, I get a little nuts about the candle lighting, um, but it's my favorite thing, and I think I love it so much because it's finally when, I, I think, not to sound cliche, but the meaning of Christmas just becomes so abundantly clear. It's like a sermon in and of itself. In fact, uh, tonight, uh, I'm going to ask that you think of the candle lighting as the sermon, okay? And so what I'm sharing with you, this is more like the pre-sermon to get you ready for the visual sermon uh, that's going to take place in a little bit. You're thinking, Pastor Mike, this sounds like you're just trying to trick us. This sounds like you're giving a sermon right now. No, I'm not. This is the pre-sermon, okay? And we have a visual sermon for you in just a little bit. But we're going to talk about uh, the light coming into the world and overcoming the darkness. And the passage that we just read from Isaiah 60 foreshadows, prophesies what was going to happen when the light came into the world. And so this evening, almost said morning, this evening, uh, we're going to see two things that the light teaches us and then two questions the light begs us to ask. And the first thing that the light teaches us is that the light covered the darkness. The light covered the darkness. Verse 1 says this, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Now, in the Old Testament, the glory of God was often connected with light and usually with 
fire, which makes sense because that was the source of light. There wasn't electricity back then, and so fire was light. You might remember Moses encountering the glory of God in a burning bush. Later, he saw the glory of God on Mount Sinai. When Israel would travel from place to place, they would be led by a pillar of fire by night. But now, what Isaiah prophesies is the light is going to shine in a new way when the Savior is born in Bethlehem. Incredibly, a star arose in Bethlehem as a light to point people to the true light. But the true light was the Son of God who came into the world as a baby. That light came into a dark world. Verse 2 tells us, For behold, at the time the baby is born, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. There's going to be darkness that covers the earth. When that happens, the light will pierce through the night. There's not a lot that you can do in the dark. Uh, We certainly take light for granted. I did a really stupid thing uh, a couple weeks ago. If you're part of our church, you might remember that we've been having a pretty big mouse problem in our home, and so we have all these uh, traps that are set up all over the place, and the things that we found, you know, you all suggested every sort of mouse-killing gizmo available, and we tried them all, and the most uh, effective one were these glue traps that you stick in places, and they're very inhumane. I'm sorry, I maybe shouldn't be admitting that we use these, but they work really good, and uh, we have one that I put in really dumb place in my house which is in our bedroom right next to a floor lamp where the the button to turn on the floor lamp is on the floor and I don't even have to tell the rest of the story you know uh, what happened here but uh, pitch black in our room and so I walk in and I'm fumbling around and I stick my foot out to try to turn the light on and and uh, what do you think happened it caught uh, didn't catch a mouse it caught Pastor Mike that evening and then you got a peel this thing off, and they really are pretty effective at uh, getting you stuck. So anyways, eventually got out of there. But uh, I like to justify the stupid things that I do by saying, well, at least I can use it as a sermon illustration. And uh, I mean, how perfect is that, though, right? When you're fumbling around in the darkness, and there's traps, and uh, you might think you know what you're doing. You might think you know where the light is. You might think you know what's going to illuminate your steps, illuminate where you need to go. But man, without the light, you're going to be trapped. We need to see the world for what it is, and that's what light does. John chapter 1, verses 9 and 10 say this, The true light, meaning Jesus, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. Without the light, you are grasping around in darkness, just trying to find anything familiar. And that never goes well. Maybe that's been you this year. Maybe you feel like you've been wandering around in the dark. And if that's you, let me just, let me just say the light is there for you. Let the light in. Don't walk around in darkness any longer. Isaiah prophesies for us this beautiful truth that when the Messiah comes, the light will come into the world. And in a moment when we lower the lights in here and we turn on 
uh, we, we, we shine the light uh, of our candles. It's going to symbolize for us the light coming into the dark world. Here's the second thing that we learn about the light from Isaiah chapter 60, which is the light spread to the world. The light spread to the world. Verses 3 to 4. And nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Now this is originally written about the nation of Israel. And it's saying that uh, when this Messiah comes, nations are going to be so attracted. They're going to come to you and they're going to want to see this Light. And now we know where we live on the other side of the cross that the church is, is, is the true Israel. And so what these verses are talking about is the nations seeing the light that is being shown from the church, from the people of God. When the light comes into the world, it doesn't just stay in one place. It spreads. And so when we light our candles, what do we do? We dip them to the next person and the next person. Remember, by the way, when you're lighting your candle, uh, the unlit candle gets dipped into the lit one and not vice versa for obvious reasons. Uh, but when we, when we share that light, we're going to see this light spreading, and it's going to be just such a perfect picture of what Jesus told us to do right before he ascended back into heaven. He said, go and make disciples of all nations. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're only a follower of Jesus because somebody shared the good news with you. There's no other way that you became a follower of Jesus. If we want other people to see the light, if we want the light to spread to the world, we need to share the good news with our neighbors. Hide it under a bushel, kids? No, I'm going to let it shine. And so the second part of this visual sermon that we're going to experience together, not only the light coming in and piercing the darkness, but it will spread. And as it spreads, we're going to be reminded, I got a job to do, which is to share the light with those around me. Once I have the light, I need to share the light. And then there's going to be a moment when we're standing there singing, holding our candles, and the light's going to be illuminating your face and that's going to beg you to ask this question. Will you see and be radiant? Will you see and be radiant? Look at verse 5 on your screen. I love this. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult. Think about that. Wandering around in darkness. Light comes. And you see the light, and you become radiant. And the truth is, when you truly see the light, it changes you. There's a story in the Old Testament about Moses asking God to see his glory. And God tells him, well, if anyone just sees my face, they'll die. But what I'll do is I'll put you in this cave here, and I'll cover it with my hand, and I'll walk past. And you can see the back of me, and I'll give you a glimpse, just a taste of my glory. And so that's exactly what happens. And when Moses sees the glory of God, even just a taste of it, do you know what happened? His face was radiating with light. So much they had to put a veil over it. Second Corinthians talks about we now with unveiled faces have beheld the fullness of the glory of God. 
You cannot come into contact with the true light. You cannot have an encounter with Jesus and leave that encounter unchanged. Amen? The light changes you. As you're standing there with the light radiating on your face, ask yourself this, like, am I reflecting the glory of God? Does my heart thrill and exult because God himself shone on my face? Now, this does not mean that if you're a Christian, you're just always jumping for joy and happy and skipping around through life. That's not what it means. But there is a deep, enduring, lasting joy that you as a believer will have if the light has entered into your heart. You will be different. You will be changed. What better time than Christmas Eve Eve 2023 to pray to God and say, God, show me your glory. I want to behold you for who you really are. I want to know you. To say, I want people to see that there's something different about me. I want people to know that I have a hope that is deeper than my circumstances. I want to encounter the living God, and I want that encounter to change me. When you see God, you become radiant. And when that happens, it overflows in praise. And so my final question for you this morning is, will you praise the Lord? Will you praise the Lord? The second half of verse 6 in Isaiah chapter 60 prophesies this, They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall bring good news, the praises of the Lord. It's amazing. These words were written hundreds of years, probably about 700 years before the wise men would come to the east and fulfill this prophecy of the nations coming to the light and bringing gold and frankincense. And the example of the wise men reminds us that it is wise to do the same thing, to bow before the Lord, singing praises and bringing gifts to our king. And so as you're standing there, the light will spread and you will hold the light and think about, am I radiating the glory of God? And then we're going to sing together. It reminds us of the angels lifting up their voices, singing to the shepherds, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those on whom his favor rests. And so I'm going to invite you to sing out at this time as we lift our voices together in praise to our king. I want you to be reminded that 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 is the right response to the light coming into the world. What does the light demand? Well, the light demands nothing and everything. There's no prerequisite to coming to Jesus. There's nothing you need to do before you bow before the throne. The light doesn't demand that you clean yourself up or start living a certain way before you come to him. The light just bids you to come. And when you come, you bow your heart before the Lord and worship him. Worship the king. He who is mighty has done a great thing indeed. So we respond by praising the one who came to bring light into the world. Let's pray. Please bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, God, we praise you. We thank you 
that that night in Bethlehem, small town, an unassuming place, Mary and Joseph, obedient to you, Mary gave birth to the Son of God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Emmanuel, Alpha and the Omega. It's unthinkable. We can't imagine. Yet we praise you. We thank you that the light came into a dark world. Some of us have been wandering around in darkness for a long time now. We need the light. And as we see the light being spread, as we sing together in worship, may we be reminded of why Jesus came. We pray in his precious name. Amen. All right, well, that's the end of the pre-sermon. <laughs> now it's time for the sermon. We're going to go ahead and light our candles and sing Silent Night. Please stand.
Let's remember to praise God for sending the light into the world, to spread to all the world so that all who believe may have the light. From my family to yours, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. I love you, Rock Prairie.